As you probably noticed from the memory verse this week, we're going to be in the Exodus event this morning. Now, some of you have already said, when are we not in the Exodus event? And, uh, and that there may be some truth to that, but, but I'm happy about being in the Exodus this morning. Now, I, uh, the reason I love the Exodus so much is everything we know about repentance and about redemption and about salvation in the New Testament, we get from the, the Exodus event. We get, uh, we get the idea of being born again from the Exodus event. In John chapter 3, Jesus is having this discussion with Nicodemus. And he tells Nicodemus that in order to reach the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, I don't understand that. How can a man be born again? And, and Jesus asks him, how can you be a teacher of the law in Israel and not understand being born again? Where would a teacher of the law get the idea of born again? From the Exodus event. We're going to see it today. We're going to see where they are born again today. So I like the Exodus event not only because it tells a redemption story and a salvation story, and it tells us about being born again but I think we can really identify with the people of God in the Exodus. I think we can really understand their, their point of view. And we're going to see again that this morning as we study. So let's, let's work our way through Exodus chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 10 and just read through verse 14. It is up here behind me. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and they were and the Egyptians were coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us all the way out here to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you must be quiet. So let's look first again at the context, kind of study our way through, through as we usually do. This is obviously the overall context is the Exodus event. Now, they're roughly three days in. They've, they've left Egypt, and they're now, they, they've come to the shores of the Red Sea. And obviously, they see the Egyptians coming down on them. So they're trapped here between the shores of the Red Sea and the pursuing Egyptians behind them. And so what do they do? Complain and blame Moses, right? They complain and blame Moses. Now, I said we can kind of identify with them. What do we do when things start to happen that we don't like? We complain and we blame somebody, right? So, so we see, we can see, and, and we'll see more of that as we study along, but, but here they are trapped at the shores of the Red Sea, trapped between the pursuing Egyptians and the Red Sea, and they are afraid. In fact, verse 10 says they're terrified. They're terrified, so they cry out to God for help and blame Moses. Are you feeling trapped? Are you feeling terrified? 
do you do this? Cry out to God for help and then blame somebody? <laughs> because that's what we tend to do. We tend to do exactly this. We tend to blame somebody, maybe a political party, maybe another country. Somebody's to blame, though, right? Somebody's to blame for the, for the situation we find ourselves in. We do exactly what they do. So what does this say about God? Well, it says that God has a plan. Do you think that the, the, the Israelites getting to the shores of the, of the Red Sea caught God off guard? Do you think God went, oh man, I didn't think of that? Or they're pursuing Egyptians. Now, that, now, now his people are trapped between the Red Sea and this army of Egyptians that are going to slaughter them, going to destroy everybody. And do you think that caught God off guard? Do you think that God went, man, why didn't I think of this? No. This is part of God's plan. God has a plan. The Exodus event shows us God's, God has a plan better than probably any story in the Bible. Let me give you just an example. You remember that, that as they're after this, after Mount Sinai, after they get the law, after they, they get to the wilderness, God says, I want you to build a tent of meeting. It's basically a mobile temple is what he's, what he's having them build, a mobile temple. And, and, he, and he says, okay, and, and you're going to build this, and you're going to have all this gold and all this silver, and you're going to make all of these things out of the gold and the silver. Where would a bunch of escaped slaves get gold and silver? Well, God said back in chapter 3 of Exodus, he told Moses, when, when you lead the people out, they're going to plunder the Egyptians. And then in chapter 12, of when they leave, it says they plundered the Egyptians. They took their gold, their silver, they took all their stuff. So God has this plan to build a, a, a mobile temple, and he provides for it before the people ever see Moses. God has a plan, and his plan will come true. And, and part of his plan, part of his understanding of, of his plan is God's sovereignty. God is sovereign over all things, all things. He moves nations, he moves nature, he moves people, even the people that aren't his. God is sovereign over everything. And we see it in this story. We see God moving nations. We see God moving nature. Think of the ten signs or wonders or plagues. He moves nature to complete his plan. His, he is sovereign over everything. Nations, nature, people, those who believe in him and those who defy him. He's still sovereign. And God will do anything he needs to, to complete his plan in your life. He did here. You, you know what happens next, right? He parts the Red Sea so the people can go through. And then the Egyptians come in and he closes the sea back up on them. So he uses one, one miracle to accomplish two goals the salvation of his people, and the destruction of their enemy. One miracle. God will do whatever he needs to do in order to complete his plan to save you. Anything he needs to do. His, his sovereignty, his power, his love, 
His plan is unlimited. And he will do whatever it takes to save you. So what's this say about us? Well, as I said, I think we can really identify with the people of God. What, what were they crying out for? They're, here they are, Red Sea in front of them, Egyptians behind them. They're, they're crying out to God. They're complaining and they're, and they're blaming Moses. And what are they crying out for? Let's go back to Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. Slaves. But they're yelling, let's go back. Let's go back to Egypt. We do this. How many times have you heard over the, over the past, I don't know, month, two months, that we just want things to go back to normal? Was normal that good? Was normal so awesome that we want to return to it? Or was it just what we knew and were comfortable with? Because here the, here the, the people of God are, we can't even call them the Israelites yet. Here the people of God are, the Red Sea in front of them, the pursuing enemy behind them, and they're saying, let's go back to normal. Because normal was what we knew. It was what we were comfortable with. It, we understood being a slave. This going forward is frightening. We do this. We want to go back to normal. And, and, and that's, our, our discussions are constantly about going back to normal. Was normal really that good? Or can we just learn the lessons that we have learned over the past few months and go forward in faith with God? Let's charge into the sea with God. Let's not go back to what we used to have. We don't need to go back to normal. We need to go forward in faith. This is, this is where we can, we can understand them. We can identify with where they're at. We feel this way right now. And we have the choice of going back to normal or forward in faith. Now, we have the benefit of knowing the end of this story, don't we? We have the benefit of knowing that they crossed the, the, the Red Sea. And they are born again as a nation right there. They are no longer escaping slaves because their enemy, their slave masters, are destroyed. They are now born again as a nation, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, right there on the other side of the Red Sea. Then what happens? We know the story of Israel. We know, we, know, we hear of David, how he takes a rock to a sword fight. And, and becomes king. We know the, the stories of the judges. We know the story of Saul. We know the story. All of these stories, we know that Christ comes from this bloodline. We know that the law comes to these people. We know that faith itself comes from this people. What would have been different if they would have gone back to normal? everything would be different. Everything would be different. Faith would be different. History would be different. The world would be different if they went back to normal, back to slavery, back to Egypt at this point. You know, to borrow a line from a great song by the, the, the band Christ, uh, Casting Crowns, 
There is a, there is a point in life, and, and sometimes it happens more often than once, that our fear has to face our God. They were at this point. They were at the point where their fear had to face their God. We are at that point. We have this time in history. We, we, we have this pandemic. We have social unrest. We have elections coming, a caustic political environment. We have all of this. We have our point, our time, where our fear has to face our God. Will you go back? Will you go forward? I say we go forward in faith, not backwards. We, we will learn the lessons of the coronavirus. We will probably have toilet paper on hand at home. <laughs> we, will be, we will know more about how germs spread. We will know more about how to take care of those that are, that are in compromised health. Our, our workplaces, our restaurants, our churches, our homes have never been this clean. <laughs> so we will go forward with the lessons from this. But we cannot go backward. We can't go back to normal. We got to go forward in faith. May it be said of us that we took this opportunity to go forward in faith. Learning the lessons and going forward in faith. So this is what we must do. We must not try to live backwards. We must try, not try, to, to return to back to normal. We go forward in faith. We follow God. You know, I understand. I completely understand that the, that the sea looks scary. But we serve the God that opens the sea and walks on the water. Why would we go backwards? Let's go forward in faith. Let's follow God to what he has for us now. Let's not try and go backwards to what used to be. Now, verse 14 says, The Lord will fight for you, and you must be quiet. It's funny, isn't it, that Moses tells them to be quiet? Why do you suppose Moses tells them to be quiet? Because all they're doing is standing in, a, in one place complaining and blaming somebody. Does that help? No. That doesn't go back or forward, does it? That's standing still. So quit complaining. Cry out to God for help. Don't blame somebody. Go forward. Let's go. Let's go forward. Do you not think with the pandemic, with the social unrest, with the political, uh, the caustic political uh, environment that we're in, do you not think that this is a spiritual battle? This is a spiritual battle. And so we need to fight it. And the way we fight it is on our knees. The way we fight this is prayer. It will not help to try and go back. It will not help to complain. It will not help to figure out who to blame. It will help to pray. It will help to ask God what's next. To go forward in faith. We are so much like the people of the, of the Exodus. 
they are born again right after this moment. This is a moment in history when a, when a bunch of escaped slaves become the people of God. They had a, their moment, their, their, their point where their fear had to face their God. Now, it is just my opinion, and I am not a medical doctor. I am not a medical researcher. But this pandemic will not last. It will not last. The, 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 great, the great plague of the Middle Ages, seven years, and it was over. The great uh, Spanish flu of, that we hear so much, this, this being compared to so much, the Spanish flu of 1918, two years, and it was never heard from again. We are going to get past this. We will never see Egypt again. There will be a time. Our God is sovereign over nations, nature, and people. There will be a time when this virus is no more. Let's not go back to normal. Let's go forward in faith. Let's go on to what God has for us next. Let's go on to become a people of God as they did. We are so much like these people. We are so much, we are at our point, in my opinion, our point where our fear has to face our God. Will you continue to cry out to go backward or will you go forward in faith? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and answer that question between you and God. We don't want to go back to normal. We want to go forward in faith. We want to go on to what God has for us next. We know it's going to be great. We know it's going to be better than what we have now. So let's not go back. Will you commit with me this morning that I'm not going to stand and complain. I'm not going to find somebody to blame. I'm going to cry out to God for help. And I am going to go forward in faith. Father, that's our prayer. Our prayer is, is that you remind us of this. That you remind us of this story and, and show us how we are looking to go back to Egypt instead of forward to be the people of God. Remind us of this. Give us the strength, the help we need to go forward in faith. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.